welcome to the very first episode of Kendra C. Loves TV. Like, holy shit, I started a podcast, (laughs) y'all. This is crazy. So exciting. Okay, let's start things out the right way. And I'll tell you a little bit more about me. I'm a mom of two boys. They're five and ten. I'm a dog mom to two rescue babies that I'm obsessed with named Benny and Lily. Um, My husband, my boys, my babies and I live in Ohio, uh, like halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton. So there's nothing to do here. (laughs) Just kidding. There's plenty to do. Um, I'm a former lady who works, who is now a lady who lunches. Well, that's not true because I was a lady who lunches. Now I'm a homeschooling mom, (laughs) but life is good. It's a process. So it's a new year. I'm on a new chapter. I'm doing stuff I've always wanted to do. And that brings us to this beautiful journey together. And lastly, obviously, I'm obsessed with television. And I could honestly do nothing all day but watch TV. But, you know, like life gets in the way and mom and wifing and stuff. But obsessed to where okay little known fact i have both a dog and a kid named after television characters i know i know so yeah maybe i am like a crazy television lady i don't care judge your mama so i do have a like a little television instagram that i started and my regular instagram where i've always like just put what i'm watching as I'm watching it or like right after I finish it. And then I tell y'all my thoughts on it. So that's what I'm doing here. It's if I'm going to keep watching it, how I feel about the plot. If I'm annoyed, if I cry, which I always do. <laughs> Little things I notice that are kind of like, hmm, is that going to like influence what happens later? And everything like that. So it'll be my Instagram stories times a thousand. So let me explain to you how it'll work timing wise, because it's a little funky. Um, I'm watching TV every day, Monday through Sunday, and then I record the very next Monday and you hear it Tuesday. So it's everything I've watched literally the week before you're hearing it. There will sometimes be spoilers. And if we're getting into a plot and things like that, I'll kind of like warn you before I talk about it, because I don't want to ruin it for you yet if you intend to watch it. Okay, it's time to get into everything I was watching this week. And trust me, there was a lot. So many shows, so many times. And this was a good week for television. This past week was the beginning of like a couple of months of what's going to be like winter previews. So you know how like shows go on hiatus and then they come back. So the beginning of January, they start to come back. They debut new shows. And I was excited. This is really like, I think the universe for a new TV season every single time. Every time I'm like, oh, thank you. There's always a gem or two that comes out of like winter television that will last forever. And this time there were some promising shows. There was some, I was like, oh, okay. So, and some of my old faithfuls came back uh, that I've been missing. And like, I get annoyed because they've got like, 
one episode here and then you don't have one for two weeks, then they'll throw you a Christmas episode. So I'm glad like TV is back to normal. It makes me happy. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Okay, so I've got like my old favorites that I will always watch, but I won't talk about them that much because there's not really much to say. So that's like Blue Bloods, Home Economics, American Greed, Shark Tank, The Rookie, and Bull. Oh, you know what? Speaking of Bull, spoiler alert if you're not caught up. First, Benny, who like they had no choice. They had to like, right out of the show because of the investigation. And then we go right into Bull's uh, jury tampering allegation, which lasted for episodes. It lasted for like four episodes, which was way too long. And I almost stopped watching. And now Marissa's going to quit. This season of Bull's too stressful. I don't have the mental capacity for it. They got to wrap this shit up quickly. Like, she was gonna quit and then she decided to say she was gonna quit it's too much it's too much so anyway those are my old faithfuls I'm watching them all the time but I'm not really gonna talk about them that much and if you're not watching American Greed what are you doing it's amazing top-notch television it comes on CNBC it's not like I don't know how to explain it it's basically letting you know rich people in America who are acting a fool. Who doesn't want to see rich people go down? That's what it is. It's good. Watch it. Okay. So like I said, this was a good week for new television. So there were five, well, four sitcoms that were new, five that I watched. We're going to talk about the new sitcoms that came on. So first up is Pivoting. Pivoting is a Fox show. I don't generally love Fox sitcoms. Um, I think they're a little bit corny, but I was like, let me give this one a chance because I like the premise from watching the previews. So it's about three best friends who are kind of like thrown into shambles because their fourth friend in their like best friend group passed away. And it's like, how are they going to cope? So you've got one who's a divorced doctor who quits and (laughs) gets a job at a grocery store. And honestly, the reason that she quits would have also been my breaking point. I give my whole entire life to this career and somebody takes my burrito out the microwave and eats it. You ate my burrito? Hell no. Bye. I quit. And that's what she did. (laughs) It sounds a lot like when I quit my job back in August. It was like one small thing. And I'm like, bye, this is ridiculous. I don't have to deal with this. And then there's another one that um, hosts a morning cooking show. And she like wants to be a good mom and spend more time with her kids. And she's just basically all of us that kind of like stay away from work all the time. (laughs) Like you stay away at work because your kids are annoying. And then you have to come home and parent, but you're like, oh, but if I can pick them up, like right at five o'clock, if I can come home after the babysitter puts them in bed, that's what she does. Um, And then the other one is a stay at home mom. She's like unappreciated. She's treated like shit by her family Um, and by all accounts needs to divorce her husband. 
and she's just like wanting a change. And so they're basically all looking for happiness in the wake of like their friend's death. Um, it's a comedy. I think, I mean, we, I think we all are right. We're all looking for like some sort of happiness. I saw myself in literally every single one of those ladies. Um, I think a lot of people will feel that way. It's definitely one of those shows that's relatable and kind of like little tiny comedic relief. Did I laugh out loud? No, but it was heartwarming. It, I, it got some chuckles out of me. Right. And it'll grow. The pilots are always kind of sketchy, which is why I always say watch three episodes before you kick a show to the curb, unless it's unbearable. Like Squid Game for me was unbearable. So unless it's that, give it three episodes. So I will keep watching and I'll keep you posted. Okay. NBC and ABC to me release the best sitcoms every time. Every time. And this winter did not disappoint at all. Okay. So American Auto. I, if you follow me on Instagram, I've talked about this show like a hundred times. Um, I'm obsessed with it. American Auto is about like a car manufacturer. They call it Pain Motors. It's in Detroit. They need a new CEO. They hire a woman from the pharmaceutical industry. She knows absolutely nothing. <laughs> she doesn't even drive like it's that bad. Um, I honestly believe American Auto has the potential to be the new superstore. And I think that's what they were looking to do, right? Fill the void left by Superstore, which I think they can do. It's not quite the new office, but it could be in time. I think it's a better description to say it's more like Superstore. But mark my words, because we will come back here. This show will not be canceled. This show is good. I laughed out loud at least four times in this last episode. And the first two episodes, they put on uh, Peacock and Hulu to preview like right before Christmas. And then that was their um, pilot and second episode. So this premiere was technically the third episode. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's so funny. It's a little inappropriate, but like network inappropriate. And it's good. I think they can recover from like, they had like a little bit of a race issue in the first episode. Um, I'm not going to give it away, but I think it's I, the third episode to me was so much better than the first two. It's going to do well. And though NBC, I believe, had a hit with American Auto, they said, no, we're going to keep it going. We're going to do something for the people. Now, listen. Grand Crew. I, oh, you guys. Okay. Grand Crew is about a group of friends, a group of black friends who are like early thirties, probably like late twenties. And they're just like going through life. Two of them are roommates. One is married. Um, two of them are siblings. They've like got a good dynamic. You guys, this show made me feel good. Like it was so needed. Everyone may not like it. If you don't, you're wrong. But if this show wasn't needed for everybody, it was needed for the black community. Like I know we have blackish girlfriends, insecure, and that's all fine. But it 
always kind of focuses on a couple or women friend groups. Having a group of black men on television showing genuine friendship, being vulnerable with each other, laughing, talking about dating, talking about current events. It's we don't have that. I don't think there's any show on television that I can remember where it's a a group of black men being friends and loving on each other. So like there was an episode where they talked about because, again, there's now three episodes. They did the same thing with American Auto, put the pilot and second episode on Hulu and Peacock, and then put the third episode on as the premiere. So like this third episode was, it touched on the wife being a breadwinner and then um, like how that impacts their dynamic as a husband and wife, which is kind of taboo in the black community. You don't see a lot of black stay at home dads. And when you do, there's kind of a stigma there. So I thought that was cute. And they did it in like a networky way. Um, They also talked about in the first two episodes, dating a black Republican. I'm sorry. That's all of our fear. (laughs) I haven't been dating in a long time, but please don't let me walk into a man's house. And I, we have like completely different political views. Gosh. And then they also talked about like black men crying and being emotional. It was just, and they're doing this while remaining culturally competent, which does not always happen. So for me, it was a breath of fresh air. I'm hoping it lasts for many, many seasons. And oh, you know what? This show is out here working miracles, honey, because in the cast, one of the main characters is one Nicole Byer. She's a comedian. You may or may not know her. She's got a couple of specials on Netflix. I am not a Nicole Byer fan, but on this show, I might become a Nicole Byer fan. She does not agitate me as much as normal. (laughs) Also, um, I was excited to see Maya Lynn Robinson. So there used to be a show. It just got canceled this year. No, early 2021. It was called The Unicorn. I loved it. Apparently people didn't. Um, She was the wife in The Unicorn. She's newer to us on television. Like she's only been in like two shows, The Connors, The Unicorn, and now this. Um, I love her so much. I think she's a great actress. So I was so happy to see this so quick after The Unicorn got canceled. She's in this. I was not as familiar with the male actors. That didn't even bother me. I don't have to know who they are. I think they're phenomenal. So I love this show so much. Like I said, I think... It's going to do well, but if I hope it lasts forever. Like, I hope it has many, many seasons and it does well. And it has like a blackish type run. Speaking of blackish, can I even talk about blackish like without getting sad? Um, I've loved this show since season one, episode one. I have watched grownish. I watch mixed ish. Uh, I will watch any other ish <laughs> that they release surrounding this show. It was so relatable. 
for people like me, black people who make good money, live in upper class white suburbs, who just constantly deal with out of touch white people <laughs> at work and at home. Um, it had a really good run and it, it, it just, it did great things for the careers of the cast and the kids. And I love what the spinoffs have become. Um, but it's ending. So if you don't know, this was the season premiere, but it will be the last one. This is the final season of Blackish. So I was a little sad, but I think they're going to do me right this final season. This week's episode had Michelle Obama and I was dying because politics aside, you meet Michelle Obama, you lose it. You lose it. She's like royalty. And it doesn't even matter like who you are. People just love Michelle Obama. I love her. Then Michelle Obama comes to your house. To your house. I'm acting a fool. Let her come to my house. I will act exactly how they did in that episode. I like, I don't know why I love her. She's just so good. Let me get the opportunity to host dinner. And I'm acting just like that to my family. Get out. This is my uh, Obama time. You're ruining it. She doesn't want you here. This is just mine. It was just, it was a funny episode. I laughed. Every episode is relatable in its own way. I'm really sad it's ending. But I understand, right? Like ABC wants to move on. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Um, Honestly, though, I feel like sometimes a network feels like it can only have one quote unquote black show on television at a time. And now they've got Abbott Elementary on ABC, so they don't need blackish. And I'm sure that's not why, but that's how it feels to me. Oh, speaking of Abbott Elementary, let's talk about Abbott Elementary. I can't tell you why. I've never been a teacher. I have no desire to teach other people's kids. But I am always drawn to a teacher-based television show. <laughs> I can't even explain it because it makes no sense. Um, okay, so premise of Abbott Elementary. It's like an inner city, all-black school. It's in Philadelphia. It's underfunded horribly managed they have a tv show that's covering them so it's kind of like uh the office or parks and rec ish uh the principal's terrible very michael scott vibes uh completely unqualified she blackmailed her way (laughs) to become the principal um and it centers around like a second grade teacher but it's really an ensemble cast um Cheryl Lee Ralph is in it. Uh, and she, look, she's a strict teacher, but she's like, she loves her people. She's got her class together, honey. But they, they respond, which is how I imagine I would be as a teacher, but I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. And then also, Tyler James Williams is in this show. And if you don't know, that was Chris from Everybody Hates... Let me not do that. Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's in it, too. Um, I watched it 
and enjoyed it. But I always like to know how accurate a show is. I put a meme on my Instagram that was like me Googling (laughs) me Googling as I'm watching a show that says based on real events. And even though this doesn't say it's based on real events, I like to know how akin to real life something is. So I've got teacher friends. I reached out and I asked, did you watch the show? How realistic is it? And the sad truth is this shit is so realistic. Um, Apparently everything they talk about in the show is what's happening right now. So the crying when you go home or, or on your way to school, the having to be resourceful because you have no supplies, the lack of support, the over, what is it called? The ridiculous amount of like stress. Apparently it's a fairly real representation of what's happening right now and why a lot of teachers are quitting. And they talk about that in the show. 20 teachers came to the school. There are three left. That is real life. There's a mass exodus of teachers right now. TikTok told me that. So, you know, you know what it um, reminds me of? There was a a television show on TV land like three or four years ago called Teachers. It was kind of like a raunchy version of this show. Um, It was good, though. This show was cute. It had potential. I love it, but I don't love it. But I do like the cast. Um, And I like that it's a realistic portrayal of what's happening in schools right now so that regular people like me can see how insane this is. And maybe it'll spark some sort of like change. I doubt it, but you never know. And I like how funny they make the real life shit situations are. Also, (laughs) there was a scene this episode where the boyfriend was dropping her off, taking her um, car and like, oh, did you get me lunch? Did you do all this? And just being a fuck boy. And if you're not in a Facebook mom group or like a like a that's a mix of like single moms and regular moms or any type of Facebook group, don't join it. Cause I I see that situation like 17 times a day. (laughs) It's horrible. It's horrible. But that made me laugh because even teachers have fuck boy boyfriends. (laughs) All right. All right. That's all the sitcoms I watched. You want to go to drama? Let's do drama. Okay. The drama was good. I'm not even going to lie. Like, the drama was good. So by the time you're listening to this episode, it's Tuesday. So The Cleaning Lady is a Monday night show. I want to talk about The Cleaning Lady, but when you're hearing this, just keep in mind, we will always be an episode behind. It hurts my heart. Because I love this show so much and I want to talk about it in real time. But listen, I've got to be realistic, okay? And I know I'm not going to be able to watch Cleaning Lady at 10 or 9 and then record this podcast and get it out to you on Tuesday. (laughs) So we will always be an, an episode behind of Cleaning Lady. Guys, this show... 
I don't even know how to explain it to you. I love it. If you're not watching it, give it a chance. It starts off with a bang. Basically, it's about a lady who is in the States. She is of uh, either Filipino or Cambodian descent. I can't remember, but I know her son is Filipino Cambodian. Um, She's in the States illegally because her son has a rare autoimmune disorder. He can't find a donor, so he's here to be on the donor list and do some, like, treatments if he can. The very first scene of this show, she has, like, a handsy boss and her sister-in-law. Yeah, she's married, but her husband's not in the States. He's back where they're from. Um, Her sister-in-law, like, hits him in the throat, and she has to give him a tracheotomy. Keep in mind, I didn't even watch like the trailer well because I'm sitting there going, how does she know how to do that? I'm like screaming at the show. And Isaac is like, bro, this was in the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer. I just knew from the title and the poster that I was going to watch this show. (sighs) My bad. So... Like I said, she's married. Her husband's not in the States and she's a badass. She's a doctor. Um, she gets caught up. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. She gets caught up and she ends up turning into a cleaning lady for either like a mobster. I can't tell if he's like a mobster or like a crime boss or a high profile drug dealer or something but we know he's not number one because he has a boss also she gets caught because her phone is on ring and that's how she ends up having to be the cleaning lady who the fuck keeps their phone on ring you show me somebody whose phone's not on vibrate that's a grown adult and i'll show you a liar Nobody's got their phone on ring, but whatever. She's got her phone on ring the whole like first episode and it drives me insane. Who keeps their phone on ring? Anyway, so she becomes this cleaning lady uh, and she's not just a like a murder cleanup lady. She cleans up sex parties. She's like a, she's a full service cleaning lady (laughs) and From what I can tell on TV, she's good at her job at both being a cleaning lady and being a doctor. So, you know, I'm going to use her as an example when we go back to having a cleaning lady post-COVID. I'm going to say, I want you to clean like the cleaning lady on Fox. Put that much effort into your job. Anyway, um... I do think they're doing a, a good job at showing immigration issues when it comes to our medical system and how people who come here for specific things and expire visas, things like that. Also, they're showing how if you have money, you can do anything, anything, even cut the line at the hospital when you don't have a visa. I'm just saying. I know it's not about a message all the time, okay? Because TV is supposed to be your escape. 
but pay attention to the message sometimes. You might learn something. Anyway, by the end of the first episode, she's already being watched by the FBI. So I think this is going to be a good show. I'm super into it. It kept my attention the whole entire time. And I watched it with my husband, who also was hooked the entire time. Like we didn't even go to the bathroom during commercials or nothing. It was good. And we watched it live with commercials. That's very rare. Anyway, I gasped, I yelled, I said, oh, it's going to be a good show. Like, it took me through a range of emotions. I liked it a lot. Okay, so I have a love for CBS, if you can't tell. CBS dramas in particular. Blue Bloods, Bull, um, I think they've got Undercover Boss. I just have a love for CBS dramas. So Good Sam was released, the trailer. And I was like, okay, well, I have to watch it. You combine my love for CBS dramas with my love for medical dramas, except Grey's Anatomy. I think I'm the only person in the world who just could not do 75 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. But I was in. I was hooked. So, okay, Good Sam. It's on CBS. It centers around a group of surgical residents, their hard-ass doctor, Dr. Griffith, their cardiac fellow, Sam. And everybody like likes Sam. They get along with her. She's doing well. And at first you think their doctor is an asshole And Sam is like, amazing. Then something happens. Gosh, I want to tell you guys, but I don't want to spoil it. I want to give you the opportunity to watch. And then next week, we'll talk more about stuff. Um, Something happens and you find out he's her dad. No wonder. (laughs) Um, He has no respect for anybody like at all but especially not Sam like she was about to leave and go work somewhere else that's how bad it is anyway something happens she ends up being promoted to his job and that is how the show like kind of starts also the chief medical officer the CMO of this hospital that they work at is her mom so her dad is like the chief cardiothoracic surgeon. Her mom is the CMO. Goals. Like this hospital is so full of nepotism. <laughs> and uh, let me ever get in a position to employ my boys and promote them through the ranks. I will. Okay. I'm keeping my babies employed all adulthood and hopefully leaving them an empire. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff that happened in this first episode that's like kind of overwhelming because there's so much information coming at you. And if you didn't watch it, but you intend to watch it, I'm sorry, I have to spoil this because I have to talk about it. We find out that her dad is having a full-blown relationship with her best friend who is also a resident doctor on her team and has been having a relationship with him 
for months and months and months, like the better part of probably eight months. You've been having a relationship with my asshole dad this whole time, letting me vent to you, letting us cry, and you've not ever said, oh yeah, by the way, I'm dating your dad. My fucking dad, girl? No, no, that's like, you say that. You broke a level of trust. I don't know if we can get back. So I don't know. Anyway, Sophia Bush is Sam, um, the dude who plays Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies is Dr. Griffith. A bunch of other folks are in it. It's a diverse cast. Um, I enjoyed it. It finished up promising, but it has not overtaken my love for the resident. Is my favorite medical drama, <laughs> but it has potential and they set it up to like have some growth. There's going to be, they set it up for some good storylines. I think there's going to be some good competition between a uh, dad and daughter. So I'm in, I'm going to keep watching it. I'm, I'm sold. I'm treading so Likely, you guys, because I'm really trying not to spoil anything because TV just came back on. TV Girl, TV just came back on. Next week, I'm not going to be so nice, okay? All right. The Righteous Gemstones. You guys, you guys. If you have not seen The Righteous Gemstones, you are missing out in a way I can't even begin to explain to you. It's about a family of rich televangelists. Uh, it's on HBO. They're like rich, rich, like live on hundreds of acres, have big ass mansions on the same property, have a shooting range and a zoo and a theme park rich. So it was created by Danny McBride. It stars him and Adam Devine and John Goodman. And they also have a sister. I don't know who she is, but I recognize her from another show. Um, I love this show and I love this cast. I mean, I'm a little bit biased, I think, because I love a Danny McBride show. Like, and I love Adam Devine. <laughs> um, it's labeled as quote unquote dark comedy. And that that may be true. I have a pretty jacked up sense of humor. Like, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Vice Principles or Eastbound and Down, the more like mainstream, like stepbrothers type shows, but like raunchy and include a little bit of murder. It's like that. It's so I guess it's a dark comedy. I oh, I love it. There's blackmail. There's murder. There's betrayal. There's nonsense. Like, it's so good. Uh, it's hilarious to me. Um, it stars all the same people or a lot of the same people from Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. It made me laugh out loud like a hundred times in the nine episodes that was season one. It is 1,000% not for kids. If you're thinking about like, oh, I'm going to watch it. No, not while you're kids. It is 1,000% not for kids. It is TVMA. 
times a hundred. Like nudity, vulgarity, raunchiness, but it is my favorite show on television. It's so good. And it made me laugh more than any other show probably has ever made me laugh. But again, jacked up sense of humor over here. So there's one season streaming on HBO Max. And then season two started Sunday. The premiere episode was good. And we got action like right away. Um, I think the second season is going to be like another crazy mega, mega church uh, wild ride. Like, I have a feeling a lot of you haven't seen this show. So I don't want to spoil it. And anything I could tell you about season two, or really in detail about season one, would be a spoiler. Just know, if you like Step Brothers, if you like Vice Principals, give this show a chance. Oh, actually one thing, because I need to be, it, it needs to be said. Kelvin's God Squad from season two, episode one. It's nice to look at, okay? They've got a little bit of something for everybody, if you know what I mean. Whatever flavor you like, it's on the God Squad. <laughs> Just, mm. Anyway, (laughs) next week, I'm talking about this show, okay? So if you want to watch it, catch up, because like I said, I'm talking about it next week. I can't, like, continue to not do it. Okay, okay, speaking of spoilers, I'm not um, going to be as kind with this. If you have not seen Dexter Newblood, don't listen to this if you don't want a spoiler the only way that I could explain how I felt watching this finale is stressed out. (laughs) I actually don't even know if stressed out properly articulates how I felt. Like the entire hour, my heart was racing. That much stress is not even safe (laughs) for my little Grinch heart. Like, Oh my gosh. Okay, let's get into it. In the beginning, I liked Angela. I liked her a lot, but I felt like she was a little too nosy and gung-ho. And I felt like she could be annoying, but now... And honestly, (laughs) whatever. I saw this coming, but... Listen, Dexter's story is always tight, is it not? Even with nosy-ass Angela, his story is always tight. You can't knock it. But when she went to that cop conference, the moment I saw Batista come to the screen, oh, fuck. Like, I knew he was going to have a hand in putting him away. And I knew she was going to play a part in it. I will tell you this. I didn't see the attack on Logan coming and I did feel bad. And then (laughs) when she realized she left her friend alone with a serial killer, (laughs) y'all, I laughed out loud. (laughs) Um, I was cracking up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That probably, I'm sorry. 
I was dying. Uh, Can we address the elephant in the room here, though? The kid ruined everything. As kids tend to do, Harrison came to town, showed up, and ruined Dexter's entire fucking life. I know it's a show, but I was so pissed off. (laughs) Like, why? What did... Oh, I was going to say, what did he ever did to you? What did he ever do to you? But <laughs> abandoned you. So I could see that. But then you come to town, you ruin my life. You blow everything up. Then you kill me, bro. Huh? I was 100% sure that they were going to set this up for season two. Um, and that we would we, we would get one. And I need one personally, but we do know that Dexter is 100% dead. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's hard to accept like this is the end, end of Dexter, especially those of us who've been watching it like for so long. Um, And it's such a good show. I did read an interview uh, with Clyde Phillips who is the showrunner. It was on Deadline. And I'll put it in the show notes in case you want to read it. But um, he did confirm Dexter is dead. And that if there was to ever be a season two, it would flesh out the Harrison character. And honestly, I don't want to fucking see that. I don't care that much about Harrison. Like, let it be in. Let it just be the end. Anyway, in the end, Matt was right. Remember when Matt was on the table and he was going to kill him and he said, my dad is going to rain hellfire over you. Oh shit, he was right because Matt disappearing is what jacked everything else up. And then you add Harrison's big nosy ass or Angela's big nosy ass and Harrison. It was just not a good situation. (laughs) Anyway, that was very sad for me. I was stressed out. I went to bed stressed out after that. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) All right, on to more uh, fun-loving stuff. I always call this genre TV reality, like network reality. It's not quite reality TV. It's like your competition shows, your undercover bosses, stuff like that. Let's talk about it. I feel like it may just be me, but even after like, what, 25 years, if I catch Judge Judy on TV, I'll still get lost in the case, even if I've seen it 20 times. Uh, I'm like addicted to these dumb judge shows and also People's Court, but only uh, People's Court with Judge Marilyn Millian. (laughs) Anyway, Y'all want to talk about Judge Steve Harvey? (laughs) When I saw Steve Harvey was coming out with a judge show, I cackled. (laughs) Because he's not a judge. But I am who I am. So I watched it. (laughs) Right off the bat, he tells you, I'm not a judge. (laughs) And also something different is it doesn't come on during the day. It's a prime time television show. It comes on at night. So you know it's different. 
he acknowledges in the show in the intro and like any chance he can get on the bench that he is not a judge um it's basically him listening to the same types of cases that would be on like a judge judy clowning and encouraging these folks to use some damn common sense (laughs) um he says what you would say if you were presiding over one of these cases it's super informal and because he's not a judge like i said he's making a judgment based on common sense not on the law and it's just based on how he feels it should go but he like he gives a verdict quote unquote verdict and awards people money but i don't even know like if that will hold up anywhere or if like the show pays them because like if you watch this fine print on like a judge judy or a people's court they pay them to be there and i think their judgment comes out of that so anyway i don't know how they're getting their money but the show is entertaining as hell it's a fun watch it's a fun watch i'd watch it okay (laughs) guys undercover boss Is anyone else but me still watching Undercover Boss? The show went into some sort of like hiatus. It hasn't come on since November 2020. But honestly, I'm glad it came back. Because America is a shit show, as you know. And this was filmed during COVID. And people can see, bosses can see the immediate needs of their staff in this climate not in 2016 in 2021 now i'll tell you this i didn't love this episode okay um but as always i love the ending and as always i cried (laughs) like i do every single time i watch undercover boss um this was about college hunks hauling junk I didn't even know they were still around. I'd heard about it like once or twice before, but I didn't even know it was still a thing. Uh, I would like to address Undercover Boss and ABC directly. All these years of doing Undercover Boss, all these uh, resources available to us, and we're still using these same janky ass wigs. ABC. I'm sick of it. I'm done. Also, uh, the backstories. People have to know, like, that they're being on Undercover Boss, right? Like, how many years can we say they're filming a documentary of going back into the workforce without someone being like, this Undercover Boss? I don't know. Another question I've had for a very long time. Do you have to pay taxes on the gifts you get from undercover boss is it like when you win on the prices right and you have to pay money on that i don't know not much to say about this episode besides as always the gifts were generous they were appreciated but also like with every episode corporations need to do better You need to do better by your employees. Everybody knows that. Get it together. If you need to go on Undercover Boss, 
Go on Undercover Boss if you're confused about what you need to do. But your employees are people with real problems, real issues, real lives. They're not money-making robots for you and your business. So treat them well. And if you do right by your people, your people will do right by you and your business and make you more money. Oh, wait, two more things. One, pay your women more because we're better than everyone. (laughs) And magical. (laughs) And uh, number two, because this happened in this episode, uh, I am a veteran. I don't talk about it very much. I am a veteran. My husband is a veteran. Our veterans, especially those of us who were injured while serving this country, should never be homeless. Okay? This man was sleeping in the church for six months. Completely unacceptable. Do better. Do better, America, because this is on you. Whew, child, let's move on. Okay. You know what I watched that I loved? Next Level Chef. (laughs) This replaces Hell's Kitchen as my favorite cooking show on network TV. So the premise of this show is that any chef can cook in the best circumstances, the best of the best with kitchen and resources, whatever, right? But what can you pull out in the worst of the circumstances? So... You've got Gordon Ramsay, Richard Blaze, remember him from Top Chef, and Naisha Arrington. She's decorated as a chef. I didn't know who she was, which is fine. Um, they're the judges, and they each draft five chefs from this group of 15 chefs. They have uh, social media chefs, professional chefs, and home chefs. It's a mix. As usual, they win money. Um, I think it's 250000 And then they win men- mentorship from all three chefs. I watched this while eating Olive Garden. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> They're making these fucking top-notch steak dishes. And I'm twirling up my chicken alfredo. <laughs> but whatever. Uh... There are three kitchens stacked on top of each other. So that's why it's called Next Level Chef. I know, right? Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, The top kitchen is like state of the art. It's got everything and more. The middle is just a regular standard commercial grade kitchen. It's not fancy, but it's your regular restaurant kitchen. And then you got the basement. Which is like cooking in a trap house. <laughs> a trap house is a drug den. For those of y'all who don't know what a trap house is. Like they don't even have a blender, y'all. <laughs> and it's dirty and dingy. And it's got these Oscar the Grouch type trash cans in it. <laughs> Sorry. So the ingredients are first come, first serve. And so the top kitchen gets the ingredients first and then the middle kitchen and then the trap house. So you only got 30 seconds to pick your ingredients 
and you got one time to grab them and then you're fucked. And what you got is what you got. And that's what you cook with. So there were two episodes of this show this week. It came on on Sunday and then it came on again on Wednesday, which is its regular day to come on TV. I hate when they do that because then I'm like stuck watching the show twice in one week and I have other shows to watch, you know, but it's fine because I liked this show. So the first episode was like standard and them drafting um, chefs to their team, which it's every show I watch. It's always uneventful because um, I don't we don't know anybody well enough to care. <laughs> we just want you to get on a doggone team so we can get to the good stuff. But I will tell you this. Um, there were people that I like right off the bat. Oh, you guys. <laughs> So this show kind of gave me a little bit of PTSD. Uh, Most of you likely don't know this, but on Christmas, I was cooking and uh, I chopped my fingertip off like a a lot of it. (laughs) So watching people cook with these and prep with these big giant knives was like I wasn't ready. Uh, I'm still traumatized. And then somebody cut themselves. <laughs> I was, I, oh. it was almost, that was it. I was like, okay, power through, take a deep breath, eat your Alfredo, you'll be okay. So um, I have a, a few people that I like, Piet, uh, Ruel, Devon, and Gary. And Devon, of course, I like her, but she was the one that cut herself. So maybe I feel like uh, I identify with her. And Chef Arrington, I told you, I didn't know who she was. Um, She said cutting yourself means you can't work well under pressure. And I took like that personally because I just cut myself. So in that moment, I decided I didn't like her. (laughs) So I want her to lose now. Uh. Because somebody who cut their fingertip off very recently, like, girl, fuck you. I can work good under pressure. Sometimes we're rushing. Okay, relax. Anyway, she's cocky and she's a know-it-all and I don't like her. That could also be because she said it means I can't work well under pressure and I'm offended. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, When they're done cooking, they put their... that their plates on that same little contraption and if it's not there girl you just don't submit nothing that's it anyway the second episode we're finally into the competition so if you don't really care about the picking of the teams you could probably skip but that is how they explain the premise of the show um they don't know what kitchen they're going to be cooking in until they grab that key card So they could go from the penthouse to the trap house from one episode to the next. They don't know. The people that were in the trap house the first time were pissed they had to be in it again, though. (laughs) Because some people were repeat trap house uh, visitors. Anyway, um, I like the show a lot. I'm going to keep watching it. Um, There's a girl from Texas that dropped her steak. 
<laughs> and then um, she cooked like a poor steak twice. And she just kept saying, the people from Texas are going to send me hate mail. <laughs> and that made me laugh. Anyway, I like seeing how happy people get um, when like someone is standing like a Gordon Ramsay or Richard Blaze is standing there like saying positive things about food that you cooked. Um, I love to see like that genuine happiness on their face. I imagine we all feel like that when we get like positive feedback. So, and I love to see how much people who love cooking genuinely love reaching people through food. It makes me happy. And that's how I feel about talking to y'all on here. <laughs> so I get it. Anyway, I've got a weird cooking obsession, cooking show obsession with Gordon Ramsay. So I'm going to watch this to the end regardless because I have no choice. <laughs> that's, that's what is going to happen. But it was good. It was a cute show. I liked it. At least I'll be able to enjoy this season, I think. Okay, y'all. Real Housewives of Everything. Like, if you're not watching Real Housewives, I don't, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know that we could, like, get along in real life. I'm not going to talk about Housewives very much. Um, not today, because... I don't know. I'm just not. I do have thoughts on each um, franchise that's out right now. Orange County, you guys, I think Noella is losing it. Like between the show and her social media presence and then the conflicting crazy stories about the fake wedding. Like it's too much. And honestly, <laughs> I don't even know her well enough on like as a character on the show to care about all of this and have this much drama like we don't care oh you guys though <laughs> james serving her with flowers so that he would she would think they were reconnecting <laughs> next level savage i mean it's very sad but i think it's smart as hell Anyway, the story's getting on my nerves. And obviously, it's going to be her storyline for the whole season. So that's great. And I think we're supposed to like Heather more than people are going to like her. Because she's kind of coming off as a mean girl. Look, I'm team fancy pants all the way. Heather can do no wrong in my eyes. But I'm hearing the folks don't love her. I don't know. I do like her and Gina together, though. They're, that's a good friendship to me. I like seeing them. Salt Lake City. I never thought of all the franchises to have a physical fight. It would be Salt Lake City. I was shook. Anyway, you guys, I despise Mary. Like, there's no other way to say it. It's so difficult for me to watch her on screen. And then following, like, Bravo and gossip accounts on social media. And seeing the way that she speaks to people on social media. Ugh. 
She is disgusting. She's telling people to go jump. And then like she's defending her comments about Jenny's eyes. Like she is unhinged. And then to say, oh, well, in America, like in that tone in her confessional, I'm over it. I wish um, they'd recast her. And honestly, <laughs> I, I think I'm getting my wish because she did not go to the reunion. And you know, if you go to the reunion, if you don't go to the reunion, like you're done. So, you know, and then I kind of feel like Meredith is defending her. And I didn't love that. Like you can't defend and minimize racism, girl. And the fact that they don't even get that it's like not just the giving the shoes back. It's a combination of things. The comments about the eyes, the, the re-gifting the shoes, like ugh, whatever. I'm still loving Whitney and I love Jenny. And also, uh, I like the husbands together. I think we need more husband content. I, when they were golfing, I thought they were saying that they were all going on the trip together, like the husbands too. And I was very excited, but I guess that's not the case. Um, oh, you guys, I don't know what's going on with Meredith, but I'm bored. And let's just say I have an eclectic fashion sense. I like bold patterns and colors and people like what I wear is not always what other people will like. So I also tend to try not to comment on how other people dress. But that outfit that Meredith wore to the Wild Rose Beauty <laughs> rebrand, it was interesting. Also, while we're at it with interesting outfits, Mary's outfit at Seth's birthday, <laughs> interesting. I don't care who made it, interesting. But uh, Meredith did redeem herself with her birthday party dress because, oh, I wanted it. Like, I want it so badly. If I can find out who makes it, I'm buying it. And I have nowhere to wear it. Nowhere to wear it, but I want it. <laughs> and every time I think about Meredith now, I'm going to think about Jen's uh, Facetune comment. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't help that she made it in that beautiful gemstone outfit. <laughs> so now all I think about gemstone outfit and Facetune comment. <laughs> oh, and before I forget... I hope that one day my own husband is as into my boobs as Seth is into Whitney's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Miami. The cast of Miami is phenomenal. They deserve Bravo TV treat. Why are we on Peacock with Real Housewives of Miami? I hope that next season they figure this out. They need to go back to Bravo. Now, I'm not a Larza Pippen fan, but watching her, I understand her a little bit more after she explained, like, 
for 20 something years like literally decades she's been all about her husband all about her kids and she just wants to kind of live a little bit and have fun and i get it her outfits are a lot for me though like a lot of ass and titties out but it's fine i get it i get it i was dying when she explained on this last episode like only fans pricing <laughs> and was like y'all need to lower your prices don't nobody want to see your crusty ass feet <laughs> uh who else is on miami i love dr nicole uh no rhyme or reason i just do and i think i like gertie but i don't understand the crying at the tulum party and i think Adriana has a point about her like always doing whatever it takes to make sure she's the center of attention. So, you know, you know who I do like a lot? That's not really a cast member, but it's like a uh, a fixture. Julia's wife, Martina. <laughs> she's so funny. I like her and I like... Um, I think probably because I like women's tennis. I don't know. I like her. I think she's funny. So anyway, that's all I'm going to say about Real Housewives because I'm there's like a thousand places for you guys to find out people's opinions on Real Housewives. House House reminds me of so this I watched Hype House on Netflix and just know I did the work so you don't have to, okay? If you're a tiny bit familiar with like Silicon Valley or even watch the TV show, (laughs) um, then you understand like the idea behind app incubators or idea incubators. And that's what the Hype House is. So the Hype House is a bunch of TikTok stars or creators who live together in a house. There were a bunch of houses. Apparently, Hype House is the only one that's left. And they basically just spend all their time coming up with ideas, bouncing them off each other, and creating content. And there's like a house parent or a house manager uh, who sometimes takes a percentage and sometimes doesn't. So in this case, they didn't. But the house that they live in is a mansion that's paid for by their collective content creation on that house page. So these people are all young. They're 18 to 25. I can't lie to y'all. I didn't know who any of these damn kids were, except for Nikita Dragon and Larry. Only ones I knew. And I knew Larry because of Nikita. I don't know any of these other kids they don't come up on my tiktok for you page um i think i'm on a different side of tiktok um i did know who charlie and dixie d'amelio were but they're not really on the show charlie makes a couple of appearances because her boyfriend's on the show but she outside of that she's not on it i did have one major issue with the show Nikita Dragon has a makeup artist that had his thong (laughs) hanging out of his jeans like Christina Aguilera style back in the 2000s. Is that coming back? I don't like that. So if that's coming back, leave me out. I don't like that. 
Anyway, there's a lot going on in this show, okay? There's a couple that lives in the house named Alex and Cover. Watching them was so awkward for me. And they're young, like they're like 20 years old. And so, I mean, when I was 20, I was fighting with my boyfriend all the time too. But it was so uncomfortable to watch on TV. So I'm sure that it was uncomfortable for the eight other people they live in the house with, for them to be screaming from one side of the house to the other with their arguments. I don't know. Also, Nikita Dragon is the definition of extra. She is always overdressed. And it made me feel like, you know what? In 2022, I don't care what everybody else is wearing. I'm wearing what I'm wearing. And I'll just have to be the star of the show. Because <laughs> that's how she's doing it. It's hard for me to say this out loud. Because I know I'm not supposed to like her. She is very problematic. Okay, Uh, she's a really likable character on the show. Now, I've been following her on social media for a long time before she used to do um, before when she used to do what's called pussy stunts on Instagram. She used to introduce me to new music and do these like it's like a bad bitch walk. I don't know how to explain it, but I've been watching her since then on Instagram and then she blew up and now she's been canceled a bunch of times (laughs) Um, but she carried the show she's good TV and they did address head on her black fishing thing and I appreciate that but her answer was a little "Mm, wishy-washy but it's what I expected I think we have to acknowledge at some point that these kids have a lot of issues. A few of them like don't even want to be internet famous. Um, I don't know. There was a fake wedding that Alex and Cover did and it, I was sad to watch it. Um, Though I did love seeing Nikita's flower girl outfit. Um, I really hated that Covert did something that she really didn't want to do. And she said made her uncomfortable for content. And that's the root of the issue with a ton of social media platforms and a lot of the younger kids and hell, even grown ass people that are on these social media platforms. They will do anything even if it makes them feel uncomfortable or against their values for views and content. Like she has clear boundaries that she says she didn't want crossed because it confuses her in her relationship and it's constantly violated and she's just going with it. And that made me sad all of the almost all of these kids because like I said they're 18 through 25 they're carrying the financial weight of their families they're stressed they're depressed they're angry they're anxious like they really need therapists so almost all of them have these traumatic backstories and not like major trauma all the time but traumatic nonetheless 
like bullying, being kicked out, being abandoned. I mean, if anything, this show made me feel terrible for them. But there was some growth going to the end. Um, I don't know. It just made me feel bad. Also, the amount of death threats and people telling these kids to kill themselves. Adults on TikTok sending this type of stuff to literal children. Y'all should be ashamed. If you're this type of person on the internet, stop it right now. It's ridiculous. Anyway, the show's out there on Netflix. It's eight episodes. They're between 26 and 36 minutes. Yes, I looked it up for you. Um, After watching it, I don't know that you need to watch it (laughs) unless you or your kids are super into these TikTok people. But I don't know, maybe something to have on in the background while you're cooking or cleaning or if you need background noise. But Nikita's good TV, though. She probably needs her own show as much as I uh, hate to say it. But yeah, speaking of uh, loneliness and needing a therapist, y'all. Catfish came on. (laughs) If you know me, if you know anything about me, to know me is to know that I love catfish (laughs) so much. (laughs) I love catfish so much. (laughs) So um, it used to come on on Tuesdays. It moved to Wednesdays. Um, No biggie. Like, it's fine. I have no control over it, but Wednesdays are just a crowded TV day is all. Um, I watch it live. That's my preference. So I had to move some stuff around. Uh, How people are still getting catfished in 2022. (laughs) I'll never know. But gosh, I'm so grateful that you are because you're giving us this show. And not only are people still getting catfish, but it's enough people for it to branch out into a second country. You guys, this week, for the very first time, we got our OG catfish. And then we got the Catfish UK premiere. Yes! (laughs) And I'll never not stand Cammy Crawford like I mean Neve and Max were good but she brings something else to this show that was needed like she really will be like girl you didn't know that because that's a red flag I can see that a mile away she says like what you're thinking and I love that because sometimes these people need a little bit of tough love like use your common sense so this episode first of all (laughs) She's 23 and her name is Mildred. As a parent, I want to say you stop this. You stop this right now. (laughs) Stop trying to bring back these old ass names. Fetch is not going to have it, okay? This episode is interesting because it's two women who ended up connecting after talking to the same catfish. One of them is not talking to them anymore one of them is and this guy has admitted to catfishing them like to their face before they contact the show 
So initially they think it's this like 18 year old kid who is 12 when he starts catfishing them. And I was like, who the hell is catfishing people at 12 years old? But then, <laughs> remember uh, your ASL days on AOL Messenger? Where you're like, oh, I'm 25, and I'm a woman, and I live in Hawaii. And you're like 13 in New York. <laughs> so we're all catfishes, I guess. But anyway, it turns out it's some other dude who's 25 and he is a little person and he was lonely and needed people to talk to and thought that no one would ever be with him because of his looks and him being little. And he was like really struggling because he lost his brother. Now, after watching this show for years, I'm talking, I even have catfish merch, okay? (laughs) Um, I've noticed a trend, which I know everyone else has noticed as well. The catfish is normally lonely and the person being catfish is normally lonely. And they use each other to get through a difficult time. When they were low, talk them through life, when they're vulnerable, when you're at your lowest. And I think when you're at your lowest, you just believe anything because something is making you feel good and you don't want that to go away. And that hurts my heart for people. Now, me personally, I didn't love this episode because I like an episode with a lot of investigating or like a catfish that like has a personal connection to them and they're like getting revenge or something. I know. (laughs) I know I'm a terrible person, but I like what I like. Okay. Um, It's fine, though. Any episode of Catfish is a good episode. (laughs) they're just, they're getting into a groove, Cammy and Neve, which I like. Because, you know, it's been a while um, that they've been together and they're like starting to become like friends and you can tell and I like it. Um, anyway, hopefully this is going to be the last episode on Zoom because I'm fucking sick of seeing them catfish hunt on Zoom. I need in-person catfish hunting, Okay. You know who did do in-person catfish hunting? Catfish UK. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, I am excited. Oh. Now look, I'm not an accent person. I will not watch any show <laughs> with heavy accents um, except for Killing Eve. That's like the only exception I'll make. Like I've said it before on my Instagram, if there's heavy accents, I'm turning it off. But I got over it for Catfish UK. Um, Sometimes you forget that it's like a melting pot, just like the US is. And there are people like from a bunch of different cultures and countries and different accents, just like here in the States, I think we forget. So with that said, I have never felt so informal in my life. Their normal words, like their normal speaking, like conversation felt so proper to me. 
like I don't know maybe their accents made them sound proper I was like oh I need to step my game up <laughs> so the show aired in the UK starting back in April but from what I can figure out because I did a little bit of research they're not airing in the same order because this first episode that we got is not the first episode they aired in the UK which is fine so they've got two hosts that obviously I'm not familiar with they're named Uba and Julie and they didn't really change the format of the show at all it's the same it's just a different country um this episode was super sad to me because the girl being catfish at no point wrapped her mind around the fact that there's a possibility this could not be who this person says they are. Whenever they set themselves up for this type of disappointment, I always feel bad. So of course, when she finds out it's not him, she's devastated and she feels ridiculous and she starts crying. And I'm not talking about crying. I'm talking about boo-hooing like a guttural cry. (laughs) And she kept saying she's like stupid and naive. And I felt terrible. And I can't even lie, y'all. I cried with her. (laughs) And you know what? So did Julie. So if the host cries, I felt like I wasn't being too much of a baby. So... One thing that they did that I thought was savage, but I also loved the dude whose pictures were being used by the catfish. They met him in person and then brought him to the meet (laughs) to meet the catfish. That person didn't show up, but I would have liked to see that (laughs) because why are you using my pictures? So. And her best friend went as well to support her because she knew like how important it was to her, um, which sometimes happens on the U.S. version, too. But like I said, the person didn't show up. Y'all, who y'all think the catfish was? (laughs) When I found out who it was, I screamed at the television. I screamed so loud. I woke Lily up. Lily's my dog. I woke Lily up. She was pissed. Y'all, her best friend who came to the original meetup was the catfish. And that's why he didn't, the catfish didn't come to the first meetup. Y'all. So the girl was initially being catfished and then her catfish disappeared. And then her friends saw like how down she was. So she just started catfishing her again using that same like person's pictures. So she's like explaining all of this and apologizing. No, she's still, no, no, no. She was explaining and the girl who was being catfished started apologizing, saying, I'm sorry that I was like feeling bad and I wasn't a good friend. And Uba and Julie were like, no, no, no. You don't apologize to her. (laughs) She needs to apologize to you. I mean, I did feel like we neglected to acknowledge that there was an actual catfish that we never met. 
even though it was two years ago. I would have liked to see them both, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, it's fine. Y'all, I die. When I, those are the type of episodes that I like when it's like a best friend. <laughs> anyway. This was a good episode. There was investigation, stealing model pictures, a friend betrayal. They acknowledged um, how hard it is to be a minority in the UK. And there was a beautiful purple shirt in that show that I'm uh, going to try to find. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to keep watching for sure. Oh, one more thing. I don't know. Maybe I have a thing about phones. That catfish phone vibrates so damn loud. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that all season. <laughs> all right. Let's get through these last couple of shows and then wrap things up. We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> okay. So Selling Tampa came on Netflix and I wasn't a fan for many reasons. Um, I didn't like the women on the show, except for Rena. I felt like the leadership style was a little too brash for me. I felt like there was too much personal drama. And even though I love seeing like black women exist in luxury and doing well and in real estate, I just was disappointed. Um, but then I heard about this other show called Ladies Who List Atlanta. Now it's on OWN. It's along the same lines, but a little bit different. And I was so glad that I was going to have another opportunity to watch a black luxury real estate show. So it's six black women who are coming together to create this brokerage or they're trying to create this brokerage. So it's two closing attorneys, two brokers and two luxury agents. And I'll tell you what, it's only been one episode, but I like them better so far. The experience feels better. The show feels better. Um, no matter how much I like them, though, <laughs> just like in every show, there is one of them that I could tell is a little bit aggressive and she's going to cause some issues and drama. And when you watch the preview for the rest of the season, you see the same thing you see in the first episode, which is every negative interaction on the show she's involved in so <laughs> she's a problem but the way that the other ladies are responding to her is so positive and loving and so I can't tell if how it'll be portrayed if it's going to be like loving hip-hop selling Tampa or if it's going to be more akin to like a selling sunset but I'm watching it I'm gonna report back. So also if they use the word triggered in that time in that show one more ding dang time. <laughs> I think they used it like 17 times. Um oh, y'all. Did you know they're doing a teen mom family reunion show? Why? Why do we need this? It's like Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, but it's a teen mom edition. So from what I can tell, it's Macy, Jade, Amber, Cheyenne, Brianna, Leah, Ashley, 
and of course, Farah. I just don't know why this is a thing, <laughs> but I'll be watching anyway because I am who I am and science dictates that I have to. I also have no TV self-control. So I'll report back next week. <laughs> I can't guarantee that I'll keep watching it, but yeah, <laughs> I'll give it one episode. Um, it comes on tonight on MTV, so <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, the last show I watched that we will talk about, Love During Lockup. Yes, you heard that right. Love during lockup. So unlike love after lockup where it's them getting out, you're watching them date these people while they're still in prison. <laughs> it's a damn mess. <laughs> these folks obviously have not seen love after lockup because they believe that these relationships are going to last forever. So there's five couples. They're all a mess. You got... One that the dude's in jail for burglary for eight years. Um, and his girlfriend thinks he's a genius because he passes GED in the eighth grade. And she got a car accident settlement. And she's using that freaking settlement money to get this dude out of jail. Then you got one who her boyfriend or fiance is in prison. He was attacked by guards and he won a settlement of 150 K and she has spent $60,000 of this man's money and he hasn't spent any of it. Um, you got Max who he's got 25 step skincare routine and he's dating a girl who can't even freaking video chat with him. So we didn't meet her. Um, and then we got this other couple who she met her boyfriend or found him on TikTok. You know, on TikTok, if you're on prison talk, these dudes will sometimes come on here and say, like, I'm looking for a girl to talk to. I'm in this prison. This is my JPay. <laughs> she found him that way. Um, and she's going to move from Maryland to Ohio because her psychic told her to. So, yeah. And then we've got the most important couple on this show. <laughs> Their name is, names are Ty and Hottie. She met her boyfriend during or through his cousin who goes to the hair salon with her. But that's not what the issue is. Guys, she has 10 inmate boyfriends. Hottie is not the only one. She has like a board in her office where she tracks them. When I tell you I screamed, I screamed. <laughs> she has three boards. She's got a vision board, which is where they start. Then they progress to the progress board. <laughs> then they go to the to-do board. So, also, Hottie has another girlfriend that called her on the phone on episode one. And I just felt like at 37, we're too old to be screaming and hollering and fighting over a man. Especially when you got eight to ten other dudes in jail. And then there's another couple we haven't met yet. So, there might be six couples. I don't know. 
Okay, guys. So the last thing we'll do every single episode, um, I'm going to tell you what I think is a must watch, what I think you can skip and what's premiering this week. So I'm going to try to limit myself to five must watches. Okay. Um, It's hard. So acknowledge the work. (laughs) It's hard to narrow it down to five. I want you to watch all of them. So I think if you have to pick five things to watch, The Cleaning Lady, The Righteous Gemstones, Grand Crew, Abbott Elementary, and Love During Lockup. Uh, <laughs> love During Lockup for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I think you can pass on the Hype House and We've got a ton of premieres this week, at least one a day. So we've got 90 Day Fiance, Lauren and Alexi, and David and Annie. They each have their own shows. Those premiered yesterday on TLC. You've got Teen Mom Family Reunion. That's tonight on MTV. You've got Cheer Season 2 tomorrow on Netflix. I'm super interested to see how they handle that Jerry situation because you know he's in jail. Um, You've got this dating show called My Mom, Your Dad that comes on Thursday on HBO Max. You've got Next Influencer, which is a reality competition show that comes on Thursday on Paramount+. Plus. You got Sex Appeal, which from what I can gather is like a teen movie. I'm going to watch it. It comes on Friday on Hulu. You got Archive 81 Friday on Netflix. For those of you with kids, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. That's Friday on Amazon Prime. And then... Uh, Remix My Space, which is kind of like Pimp My Ride, but for rooms. That comes on Saturday on Discovery. And then Somebody Somewhere, Saturday on HBO. That might come on Sunday on HBO. So I will put more info on the shows that are premiering on my Instagram. So every single day I put what's coming on that night it'll be there i'll watch them all so you don't have to (laughs) and i'll report back so that's it we did it guys thank you for listening to the very first episode of kendra c loves tv y'all are awesome and i'm so grateful for you Um, check me out on instagram at kendra c loves tv Like I said, I post every day what comes on that night. It's mostly what I care about, but sometimes I sprinkle some other stuff in there. Also, if you want to send me recommendations of shows that you feel like I need to watch or need to be talked about, send them. Let's watch them together and we'll talk about it here. (laughs) Lastly, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it. All right, guys. Bye.